Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brett Bowe begin their introduction into the Large and Small Catechism. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and today I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. Good to see you again, Brett. Yes, you as well. I am so excited for really? what we're about to do. Why are you so excited? Well, for the foreseeable future now, we are going to be spending time in both the small and large catechisms of Martin Luther, and this is my theological home. Awesome. Yeah, so this is your, your theological wheelhouse. We're gonna, Absolutely. We're going to hit it out of the park. Well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Uh, no pressure. But uh, if you remember, all the way back from our first episode, mm-hmm. the catechism plays a, a huge role in my own personal testimony. It was right. theology, scripture really presented to me in the catechism, which is what delivered to me assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, growing up, I was ignoring it from all the other sources, from uh, my pastors, mm-hmm. from the teaching at Bible school, uh, from everything. And the salvation, uh, faith, everything was clarified for me in the catechism. Yeah. And so I am I am a believer. I'm a lover of the catechisms. Yes. I am a uh, catechism evangelist. I will promote <laughs> them uh, as often as I can. Good. Yeah, the catechisms are worthy of that too. Uh, the And maybe you notice there, I even use the word, uh, plural word, catechisms. And so we're, we're looking at uh, both the large and the small catechism. And uh, so let's do some introduction work here, Jason. Let's talk about what that word is. Uh, what what does it mean? What does the word catechism mean? Well, catechism is something that's come to us in English from the Greek language. It comes from the Greek word kateko, uh, which you won't need to know unless you're doing some sort of uh, catechism trivia game. Mm-hmm. But it's also uh, the source word for the English word echo. Sure. You so can hear it in there. In a sense, it's kateko. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Echo, echo. And it, it, the, the definition really means to sound back and forth, to mm-hmm. exchange sounds. Really, uh, and so the catechism itself is a textbook of the most basic tenets of faith, of mm-hmm. Christianity. Uh, and when we talk about the catechetical method, using a catechism mm-hmm. uh, for teaching, it's this idea of a teacher asking a question right. to which the student responds with a set and fixed answer. And so we're not asking for rhetoric. We're not asking for opinions. We are asking for a response that uh, is specific Mm -hmm. and already fixed. Right. So if you were in a cave and you shout out something you hear the voice come back to you, the same exact thing. Yeah, you would, you would, there would be something you would expect to hear something instead of mm-hmm. hear something that you would have to consider and measure and so on and so forth. This is mm-hmm. uh, at, its, at its most basic uh, understanding, this is rote memory work mm-hmm. of the faith. And again, we, we've talked that rote isn't necessarily a bad thing right. because this is the information you want to incorporate uh, as a part of who you are as a Christian. Yeah. Yep. And so this word catechism has some other words that are related to it. Let's walk through some of those. Well, we've already talked about the catechetical method. Mm -hmm. So to catechize is to teach the faith uh, through the catechism. And so uh, what we call confirmation is really just Mm -hmm. catechizing, but catechizing doesn't 
only happen during confirmation. Catechizing uh, can and should happen during adult instruction. It should happen in the family especially. We'll get there in a little bit. And it happens in the worship service. In fact, one of the things we've started to do at Faith, Mm -hmm. especially during the season of Lent, um, Luther advocated that Lent was a time of catechetics. And so uh, part of our confession during our Lenten worship services is that we have a time uh, to confess what we have memorized in different sections of the catechism. And so that is catechizing. You're, you're reincorporating the basics of the faith uh, on a constant, continual basis. Yeah, that's good. And I just told somebody recently that my one of my favorite classes in seminary was Christian education and catechetics. And I remember the first time seeing the syllabus to that class and saying, what in the world is catechetics? <laughs> exactly. And uh, so thank you for defining that for us. And uh, so let's move on here. What's... We, we have the understanding of what a catechism is, and uh, what's the purpose of it? Why, why do we need a catechism? Well, again, catechisms flow out of the nature of uh, having creeds and confessions. You remember the purpose of having creeds and confessions is that it gives us boundaries. Uh, the, the catechism, then, is the most basic boundary. You're, you're really answering the question, what must I believe and know mm-hmm. to be a Christian? It's kind of important. Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of important. And I mean, that's, uh, especially in today's postmodern or even post-postmodern society, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of tiptoe around that issue. And uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that there is a basic understanding of faith. And, you know, it, it really brings up the subject that there are two uses of the word faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith is an active trust in God's promises. Uh you think of Romans ten seventeen. faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Mm-hmm. It, it is something uh, that, that you're uh, hearing the truth and believing the truth. So it's an active sort of thing. But there is also in scripture, uh, you, you'll see in different passages, the faith. And the faith is the content of what we believe. It is the truth that we are having faith mm-hmm. in. And so that's, you know, you, you find that passages like Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, mm-hmm. uh, one faith, one baptism, so on and so forth. Uh, that's in there. Uh, the pastoral letters, especially Paul's letters to Timothy, are, are most often using the term faith as a set of content for what we believe in. Right. Yeah, so similar to the creeds, the or the three ecumenical creeds, you have this distillation of of really teaching of doctrine that um, is is basic to us being believers of what we like. You mentioned what we believe in. Yeah, you're really kind of answering the question: What makes you a Christian? And in reality, uh, that's what where your denominational distinctives mm-hmm. end up is. Uh, the basic beliefs of every denomination vary uh, in one way, shape, or form from Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, and Lutherans. Mm-hmm. And so Luther's small catechism and also the large catechism lay out for us the basics of the Lutheran understanding of Scripture. Right. And, and because of that, you can't simply say, I believe in the Bible, mm-hmm. because it begs the question, well, what do you believe about the Bible? Right. And you, you start asking specifics, and you flesh that out a little bit more. You, you can't say, well, I believe in the biblical definition of baptism. And you, you go to seven random churches, 
uh, in the Twin Cities here where we're at, you're going to get seven different definitions mm-hmm. of what the biblical definition of baptism is. Right. Uh, and so this is where having a catechism yep. as a part of your creed and confession uh, comes into play because it gives you that basic. And it's it's always a set answer so that it's not ebbing and flowing based on human opinion, based on the whims of culture, mm-hmm. uh, is that we have this rock-solid foundation that uh, just flows directly from Scripture. Right, and, and I think it's important, like you mentioned, to see that different church bodies have their own documents like this. Maybe they don't call them a catechism, but I know some of the people I've ministered to in the past Sometimes when they hear the word catechism, they think of the Catholic Church yeah. and you know their and their catechism, and uh, their the Catholic catechism lays out what they believe it, it is uh, to be a, a Christian. Yeah, and the the most recent Catholic catechism was actually kind of put together by uh, who we now know as Pope Benedict, the the previous pope. Uh, John Ratzenberger is the guy who put that back, and in his specialty uh, as a cardinal and a bishop. Uh, was Christian education, and, and he had a really gift. Uh, uh, he was really gifted to teach uh, the Catholic understanding right. of the faith. Uh, there's another catechism out there. Another group that uses uh, the catechism is a, is a branch of Calvinism. Uh, and if you've been introduced to Calvinism, there's the Heidelberg Catechism, mm-hmm. uh, and then Lutherans have catechisms. And yep. from there on, there's probably some other groups, but those are probably the big three. Right. Yeah. And you know, when I think about this in the discussions I've had with people in the past and I think the the notion they want to express is they're they're kind of hesitant to get into catechisms or talking about catechisms because they they, they think it's something that's man-made or contrived or or trusting in the teaching of man uh, but what you're saying here is is really catechisms are uh, taking the the simple teaching of scripture and pulling it together summarizing scripture yeah, absolutely. It's it, again, if you have a confession that is man-made, then that that should be alarming. It should be uh, absolutely the worst. Right. But uh, if you have a confession that is interpreting scripture, that is explaining scripture, that is is simplifying scripture, uh, we should be celebrating that because again, you have sixty-six books in the Bible. Uh, you, you, I mean, all of our Bibles are really thick. Uh, they they state one story from Genesis to Revelation, but it's stated in many different ways. Uh, and you know, distilling that down for a new believer is, is a, a wonderful thing. And you know, this notion of teaching the faith to people who are young in the faith is is a very biblical notion. Uh, uh, in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy six four through nine, what's commonly known as the Shema, mm-hmm. is talking about teaching the faith to your children and constantly speaking the con- content of your faith. Uh, and the same thing is echoed mm-hmm. in the New Testament in, in teaching the faith to children and uh, uh, especially to new believers. And so this isn't a foreign concept. Uh, I think people react against it because, uh, you know, it isn't the Bible. Right. And, you know, again, we have to be careful with it, but we're dealing with in, in the Lutheran Church something that stood the test of 500 years mm-hmm. of history. I think another people why, uh, another reason why people viscerally react against the catechism is that it is the basics. And, and we come programmed with this knowledge that as we grow in our faith, we should graduate from the basics to more 
spiritual to deeper spiritual things. And one of the passages that this is, concept is taken from, and it's a complete misunderstanding of the passage, is Hebrews 6. You've got Hebrews 6, basically it's 1 through 6 or so, talking about the ABCs of the faith or, or you know, moving from milk to solid food, those passages in yep. Hebrews 6. And, and we're, we've just gone through a Bible study on that passage here at Faith. And one of the most interesting things is that we don't move on we don't graduate from the basics, yep. but the basics carry us into a deeper understanding of the faith. And so you're still going to have a glass of milk with your steak. Exactly. Uh, the, the, a better way to understand it from an English perspective is the ABCs. Now, uh, you know, we teach the ABCs. I've got a, a five-year-old and a three-year-old at home, and they're learning their ABCs, learning to write their ABCs. And you have the handy song uh, that I'm not going to sing. Oh, uh, come on, but. The thing is, as adults, we don't ever move on. We don't graduate from the ABCs. Uh, We're reading papers in front of us right now. Uh, We're communicating in languages that is built on these letters. Uh, We use the alphabet in a different way, in a deeper, more artistic way Mm -hmm. than a five-year-old or a three-year-old does, but it's still the building block of who we are. The same works with the catechism in relationship to our faith. These uh, five or six categories in the catechism uh, that we're going to explore, inform the rest of our faith. Mm-hmm. Everything that makes us Christian is is a broadening of these simple topics uh, as they're explained in the catechism. Yeah, that is so good. Excellent stuff there. Um, so let's start to dive into them a little bit. Uh, let's let's first go uh, into talking about the small catechism. Yeah, the small catechism, uh, if you've been through confirmation, you're intimately familiar with the small catechism, broken up into, like I said, five or six mm-hmm. different sections, depending on which version and translation and, and date of origin of your catechism. Luther had a couple different versions. Yep. Uh, uh, the The structure of the small catechism is genius, because Luther yeah. was reordering the content of the faith— uh, not changing the content, but reordering it to flow from law to gospel to sanctification. Yeah. Uh, and so you start with the law as expressed in the Ten Commandments. Right. You have the gospel as expressed in the Apostles' Creed. Yep. And then you start to teach the Christian life. You, you have that expressed uh, first with the third article yep. of the Apostles' Creed. Uh, and then you go on to the Lord's, the Lord's Prayer, Prayer. Uh, to baptism and confession and absolution. Uh, and then it ends with another section on prayers. Luther is morning uh, and evening and table prayers are in the catechism. And then some versions of the catechism, though not all, end with one of my favorite subjects, uh, the table of duties. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luther just organized several Bible verses uh, for people to take to heart in their vocations. And uh, it's so important to me as a pastor that we are carrying the teaching of vocation and incorporating that into congregational life. Amen to that. Yeah, that's that's so excellent. And yeah, Luther, and, and you know there were other catechisms at this time, when, and Luther kind of reorganized this uh, yep. so that that flow does happen. And uh, yeah, you see the genius there of of his thinking there. Um, yeah, so let's let's look at the what is the purpose of of the small catechism. Well, Luther, uh, if you read the preface, which is included in in the Book of Concord, the preface to the small catechism, Luther is at his blunt best 
uh, at times reading through the preface. Uh, it's really to combat biblical illiteracy in the churches. Right. Uh, again, communicating the basics of the faith. So uh, he, he went out to observe the people in their homes, and this is what he saw. Yeah, and he was nearly despondent. He went out on a, like a visiting circuit of the churches in his area that the the people uh, at the headquarters in Wittenberg would have been responding or responsible for. Uh, and, and like I said, he was just alarmed at the state of affairs in local congregations. Pastors were completely incapable of teaching the basics of the faith, and so the people weren't being fed. And so Luther uh, put this together, and really, now, Luther's intent with the small catechism is that this is the, the book of faith for families. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this has been, there's been a little bit of corruption, especially in the modern Lutheran church, mm-hmm. because s- somehow uh, throughout the years, this became the textbook for confirmation. Yeah. And that is an, a complete abuse of what the catechism is supposed to be. Uh, the, the catechism is supposed to be taught in families so that when you get to confirmation, you can explain it and teach it and expand on it. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, one of the things we're trying here at Faith, because we have a, a smaller group of young people to work with, uh, is that I am requiring for any student who wishes to be confirmed that they have the text of the small catechism memorized before they start confirmation. Hmm. From a pastoral perspective, it's two completely different directions. If I spend all my time teaching uh, what the catechism says, I'm not expanding on the basics of the faith, which is what we should be doing to confirm the faith in the lives of Christians. Mm-hmm. But if that information is already memorized in our heads, then my job as a pastor to explain it, to enrich it, uh, to enliven it mm-hmm. from scripture and other sources uh, becomes much more important and, and it becomes much more enriching uh, experience for the student. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I, I'm sure... Churches are at different spots with yep. that, and uh, and that's okay, but um, that's something to move towards, yeah, definitely. Well, it, it's not always a practical thing. I, I, I'm dealing with right now one student, uh, two students who are approaching confirmation age, one of them being my son and, and then one of his Sunday school classmates, uh, and so I get to be a little bit more flexible. I don't have 50 or 20 yep. or even 10 students, and, and the reason why we have confirmation the way we do is because of those situations. And, and so you have an arbitrary age mm-hmm. that you start at just for order in the church. I don't have that problem, I mm-hmm. guess. And so I have this luxury of trying this experiment and incorporating it into the life of the church so that this is what the expression of it is later sure, on. Sure, going it works. down the road. Yeah. yeah, and so really the catechism is meant to be kind of a family devotions yep. manual. And you know, as, as a father, I appreciate that. And uh, a while ago, we did go through the catechism with our family, and you know, our kids were, uh, this is maybe a couple of years ago, and it was fun to hear the, the kids be excited about learning each of the commandments. Oh. And a real quick funny story, we were we were going through, and and uh, and my son, I think at the time he was maybe six, five or six, and uh, we said, or here's, we're going through the fifth commandment, sixth commandment, um, and uh, we got to the commandment where... Uh, the commandment was, "You shall not lie." And he said, "Dad, what's the what's the commandment today?" And uh, and I said, "It's you shall not lie, or you shall not bear false witness." And he went, "Ew." <laughs> <laughs> and, the and law doing its work. That's right. And, and it's it's moments like that where instruction happens yep. around the kitchen table at home. Um, and the catechism is a great guide. So fathers out there, 
if you're wondering where do I even start, you know, sometimes we get so um, overwhelmed with something like that. The catechism is so simple, and uh, it's a great tool to yeah, be used at homes. It's really for the family. I think Brian has told me that uh, at baptism, he gives the father a copy of the small catechism. I think that's a fantastic idea, especially kind of in the, this era of biblical illiteracy, to, to, to put it into the father's hands. And, um, you know, uh, we set this up as an example, but a confession, my family and I, we really struggle with family devotions. It's mm-hmm. a constant battle. Uh, and, you know, this is something, it's it's a set family devotional book. You know, go even one question at a time at the dinner table. Yep. You know, it, it gives you the benefit of requiring your family to be around the dinner table uh, and, and then going through that. Absolutely. Yeah, good. So... Uh, so that's a small catechism. How about the the large catechism? The large catechism is my favorite. I love the large catechism. I can't tell so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, in my opinion, in my estimation, uh, the large catechism is the most important Lutheran doc- uh, document. I always want to say doctrine when I start with that. The most important Lutheran document ever written, okay. period. Wow. Now, historically speaking, it's probably the Augsburg Confession because that's the first time Lutherans had to declare who they were. Mm-hmm. But as far as content is concerned, the large catechism is where it at. The large catechism really serves as a commentary mm-hmm. on the small catechism. It expands yep. on the basic question and answer interaction. Uh, really, it's to instruct pastors and to equip them on how to incorporate the catechism into their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite things about Luther, and, and I've been really trying to capture this in my own preaching and teaching as a pastor is when he was expanding, uh, expositing a, a passage of scripture, either teaching it or preaching it. One of the things he would do is he would say, this part of this passage belongs to this part of the catechism. The catechism. And, and especially when I'm writing a sermon and I struggle with, you know, rounding out my sermon or, or finding the point of the sermon, uh, I'm trying to have this discipline in my head to go back and say, okay, what part of the catechism is drawn from this passage? And almost always I find the rest of my sermon just pondering that and considering that. Yeah, excellent. Um, so there we have it. Any other uh, closing thoughts as we wrap up this episode? No, that does it. Uh, if you suffered through with us the first eight episodes uh, of our, our clumsy handling of the three creeds, uh, you're going to be rewarded for your perseverance. Yes, because thanks for sticking with yeah, us. The, it's going to be hard for Brett and I to screw up the content of the catechism. It's really exciting to me, really, uh, really just wonderful stuff. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Join us next time as Pastor Jason and Pastor Brett begin their introduction into Luther's small catechism.